Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, welcome back, Bill, for another great week here in January 2021. Yeah, it, it sure does not feel like January from a weather perspective. My gosh, yeah. it's, it's been very mild. But uh, I guess, you know, I'm not going to look the proverbial gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. For Minnesota, I'm surprised as well. Um, yep. Of course, I walk to work every morning. I don't know if you're still biking, but I definitely appreciate the walkable weather. Yeah, well, not right now. But uh, yeah, I do. I'm not cycling and working but just because you got to be really careful. But yes, I agree. Well, you know, it's a new year. Last week, we spoke about the variant that's circulating. We don't really have any new updates on that or vaccines, but I think this would be a great time to just look ahead now in a new year to think about healthcare. We have with the elections, we're going to have some new areas of focus in the White House. And uh, how do you see healthcare in general in the United States evolving now over the coming year or next few years? Well, yeah, it's a really interesting time to actually kind of reflect on that, uh, Bobby, because I think what we're seeing is there is a little bit of a pause in the COVID news cycle. And part of that's a large part because we now are going to have a transition team. So we're going to see, we're hearing about it, but we'll see a transition. Once the new administration comes into the White House, we'll see definitely new policies, new approaches. So that means there's kind of a pause. It's not going to be just a COVID. We really have to think about, to your point, what does a, a new administration coming in mean for healthcare in this country. And the fact that this new administration is coming in and now with the election results from, from Georgia with a Democratic Congress as well, both in the Senate and the House. As you know, as the president of Mayo Clinic Labs, I do sit on the board of the American Clinical Laboratory Association, which is our trade association in DC, where we think a lot about the impact of the federal government on the clinical laboratories, we are anticipating there will be a major focus on healthcare with this new administration. And it will probably be look a lot like the focus of the prior Democratic administration. But the big difference will be with the Democratic-controlled Senate that really controls what bills make it to the floor for um, discussion. So that means there'll probably be a lot more dialogue around healthcare and healthcare legislation and healthcare reform here in the next four years than we would have had if it had been a split Congress. Yeah, well, we certainly have some big challenges as a country with rising healthcare costs and a need to educate. We have a lot of exciting new tests and laboratory capacity coming out, but how we use those appropriately, of course, that's going to drive up costs. So laboratory has been a bit of a focus on this as well. And then we have some interesting new ways of delivering tests through things like, you know, Amazon and other big uh, commercial sites. And that's really changing the landscape from your traditional way of getting tested. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. So before we move off of the federal side, what I would anticipate, yeah. the biggest things that we'll see, the regulation of laboratory developed tests by the mm -hmm. FDA, that's an issue that still is out there, right? Um, there was 
a statement from HHS under the Trump administration, but that was not, it wasn't a legislatively passed. So it's, it's still an open issue that we'll see. And the other one is, and you alluded to it, was the PAMA, the Protection to Access to Medicare Act, did have built-in fee reductions or market-based fees for lab tests, which ultimately looks like fee reductions. And that, even with all the pandemic, that did not change. And there certainly will be a need to balance the budget from the deficit. So I think we'll continue to see the kind of the pressures on reimbursement. That'll be a lot of what we'll be thinking about from the lab side in terms of the federal legislature. But the other bigger piece of this is what does the lab look like post-COVID? What expectations do people have about getting their testing post-COVID? We can go back to Theranos and Theranos a value proposition that people wanted their lab tests more conveniently and less expensively. And I think we'll continue to see that uh, with more at-home collection. And many probably seen Amazon getting into now the potentially the lab testing business and use of drones, which have been discussed before for people to self-collect. So I think that's what we're really going to see is a, an acceleration of what was a trend of people getting tested more at home, expectations they'll get results delivered to their phone or to in an environment where they can act on it. Clearly, that's what's going to be with COVID here for the, until people are fully vaccinated and we've achieved herd immunity, but it's not going to be just for that. So that to me is going to be really an interesting trend to watch over the next couple of years. Yeah, you know, this is an area that I'm interested in quite a bit. And we've done work here, as you know, on at-home collection. And for some things, I think it's a great idea. Like there's now a big push in sexually transmitted infections and being able to test for those um, as frequently as you want without perhaps some of the stigma of having to go into a healthcare provider and, and asking for those tests. So some of this seems to make sense. But of course, as a pathologist and laboratory scientist, I worry about false positives, false negatives how patients are going to interpret these results and change their behaviors based on them. And of course, we need to make sure that all these test results are getting into the medical record. So I'm going to be very interested in watching this closely to see how this unfolds. And yeah. of course, we're going to continue doing work here in my laboratory to try to help get patients be able to easily collect specimens for testing at home. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, I think that's the most important message that I would deliver to people is that just because the way that these tests are delivered or acquired is going to change, that actually makes more important the role of the laboratory professional pathologists and laboratorians to really be involved in the processes and in the dialogue about how those are used and how those systems are designed so that they serve the best needs of individuals, right? And we've seen that with the pandemic. Is it outside the labs? A lot of people in healthcare don't really understand how the lab works or look at all the, the discussions we've had about false positives and false negatives for COVID and what does that mean for people? I mean, we're going to have to continue to educate. Uh, we're going to have to continue to be, you know, out there on public platforms and helping to guide some of these policies and decisions and providing people with the right information so they know not just that they can get a test, but they know when they should get a test and what the result means. I think we'll see that kind of play out both within the U.S., but also I think we're going to see some differences in global health as well. I think I mentioned to you before, I've had the opportunity to be part of those discussions about getting COVID testing more widely available globally, especially in low and middle-income countries. This whole idea around disseminating the diagnostics. There's a convenience piece to your point. It will drive down diseases because the more we understand what people have diseases, the more we can act appropriately and we can actually create an infrastructure for people to get easy access to care as well. But then that really gets down to the fact that 
COVID revealed that the global diagnostic infrastructure is inadequate for something like this and particularly highlights healthcare disparities. So I think the whole idea of getting tests out there is that there's a convenience piece, but there's also just an equitability piece and that if people don't have equitable access to diagnostic medicine, they're gonna have worse healthcare outcomes. Well, and we've certainly learned that we're a global society. What happens in Wuhan, China does impact the rest of the world. What happens in a small village in sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, you name it, people travel and we are highly mobile as a society. So we're all in this together, I guess would be my message. So it is important to think globally. Yeah, I agree. Well, I had to laugh because I've been to Wuhan a number of times and in there um, or some of their cuisine and yeah, so I, I did, did when I was local there, I had some definite uh, GI consequences, but, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's true. I mean, right, we're all, we are all interconnected and we have mm-hmm. to think about healthcare as professionals. We have to think of healthcare as a human need, you know, not a state need, not a regional need, and not just healthcare itself, but the understanding of healthcare and what healthcare can and can't do for people. So it is a global issue. It's a human issue. Lord knows we need focus on that, not just in 2021, but all the time. Well, nicely said, though. I agree completely. As always, a pleasure to talk to you about this. Yeah, so yeah, we're not running out of topics yet. (laughs) Not yet. Okay. All right, Uh, until next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.